Welcome back, everybody. It's Friday. It's another special episode of the Voices from the Northeast podcast. This is a really special, special episode because this is a conversation with my dad all about the Boys Brigade. Now, my brother and I were in the Beavers, Cubs and Scouts, and so when we were earning our badges and going to camps, my dad could relate everything we were doing to his own childhood in the Boys' Brigade, so we have heard so many stories about it for many, many years, and a lot of people's names um, are totally common to us because they've come up in these stories. Um, So I've sat down with dad and we've recorded an episode where he has picked some of his highlights and talks very fondly about his memories of the Boys' Brigade. Special shout-out to uh, Gary, Sheila, Vincent, Alan, Hazel, Susan, Marilyn, Kevin, all who mentioned the Boys' and Girls' Brigade on the Ashton Remembered Facebook page when I asked for memories. I really hope this episode in particular puts a smile on your face and brings back some lovely memories. Without further ado, I'm going to dial in to Dad. Well, you wanted to make this about the Boys' Brigade. Everybody who's been in used to just call it the BB. That was how we used to just always affectionately call it. Well, as you know, I've mentioned this before, that I was, I was born and lived in the early years in North Seaton Colliery. And uh, my family were, were Methodist. And uh, we also had lay preachers in the family. So I regularly attended Sunday school. And Sunday school in North Seaton for me was literally just next door because we lived at one chapel row. And the building next to us was the chapel hall. And and literally just next to that was the main chapel itself. So, of course, um, they had a very, very active boys brigade at at North Seaton Colliery. It had been running for a number of years. Uh, when I joined, and, uh, and in fact, to, to give you how long the boys, people who, you know, from our family who'd been in the boys' brigade, my dad was in the boys' brigade at Ashington when he lived there as a younger lad, uh, and my uncle Ernest and, and my uncle Harry, when they lived in Durham, were members of the boys' brigade through at Metal Bridge. So it, it, right. it had been that. in my family a long time. In fact, I've actually still got some of the uniform that belonged to I think it was my uncle Ernest, so it's a different type of cap to the one we had, but the belts and the cross belts are the same and things like that. So, yeah, yeah. so it has been in the family a long time. Um, but of course, before you joined the main, what they called company section of the Boys Brigade, you were in the Life Boys. And um, I've actually got in front of me here my transfer certificate. So my first ever transfer in life, I suppose, was... <laughs> <laughs> was from the boys' brigade. There was no fee involved here, mine, I have to say. <laughs> but it was from the life boys to the company section of the first North Seton uh, boys' brigade on the 29th of October, 1967. So I'd literally just turned 12. Wow, 1967. 1967, yeah. So I turned 12. Um, and we used to meet in, in the, ch- the chapel hall, which was right next door to the house, as I said. So that was right on the doorstep for us. Um, when I joined the, the Boys Brigade at North Seton, it, it was led by um, 
Mr. Mr. Dunn, or we used to call him uh, Mr. Dunn Senior. Uh, as, as we got a little bit older, obviously, I, I used to refer to him as Johnny Dunn. Um, him and his wife were heavily involved with the chapel life, and Mrs. Dunn used to play the organ for the chapel services and, and various events and that there. I'll tell you a little bit story about uh, the, the, the chapel organ at a little you know, later on, maybe. But his son, uh, Jim Dunn, uh, was also a key leader. And I suppose, uh, you know, th- throughout the boys' brigade, uh, came into contact a lot with like Johnny Dunn, Jim Dunn, Jim's wife, Rona, who used to run the, the girls' brigade section as well. So there was a girls' brigade. Yes, I didn't know there was a girls' brigade until someone brought that up on uh, Facebook. And I thought, ah, OK, I... Oh yeah, that was naively a... assumed there was just a boys' brigade, which is mm-hmm. terrible of me to have naively assumed that. But yeah, no, that was a girls' section, the girls' brigade, and and other other people who were involved when I was was there was a guy called Jim Anderson and uh, David Glass. Uh, he used to be involved a little bit, uh, not not to the same extent as as the likes of Jim Anderson when I was in the boys' brigade anyway. But uh, bear in mind that boys' brigade was started and it was meant to be a, a christian organization but if i'm really honest with you um i never felt that the religious side of it was was overly pushy with you and maybe it was because i, I used to go to sunday school on a sunday anyway and so the whole ethos of the boys brigade was you know in my life anyway so for me it literally just went hand in hand and i never used to think it was overly pushed anyway but it was a Christian organization. In fact, it had an objective that you had to learn as well. Um, so the objective of the Boys Brigade is the advancement of Christ's kingdom among boys, the promotion of habits of obedience, reverence, discipline, self-respect, and all that tends towards a true Christian manliness. So it was obviously written originally for boys, but obviously the <laughs> similar for, for girls. Uh, so you had to learn that. And, and we used to do, you know, used to recite that as well as a group um, when we had Boys Brigade Nights. Um, And of course, they had a motto, which you'll have heard me mention so many times. It was sure and steadfast. And, uh, you know, that that was the motto, the idea of to try and give a a robustness to life, you know. So what was um, what was like a meeting night like? Because my only comparative here is um, Cub Scouts. So I'm thinking, you know, at Scouts, we used to turn up and then you had to stand in your little group and would start the evening. And then there was always some kind of um, like activity, like map reading or we were learning something. And then there was the games in the afterwards. So I was curious what Boys Brigade meetings. Very uh, similar. I mean, when you went to Scouts, I mean, to be honest, if if we'd had an active Boys Brigade in, in Ashington when you and Graham were kids, we would have uh, sent you to that. But of course, mm. scouts were on your doorstep. But very similar, because remember at Scouts, you used to have a little motto that you used to have to recite a little bit. Of- yeah, yeah. Um, so same sort of thing. So, you know, we used to meet two nights a week, uh, usually a Wednesday and a, and a uh, Friday night. And one night would be devoted mainly to um, a bit of drill. So you used to learn drill, you know, a bit of marching, turning, all that. So the whole idea is a bit of, bit of discipline. Mm. We used to learn that as a group, as a team, and we used to do uh, badge work. So you know, there's a whole host of badges that you could, you could actually put your go and do. I mean, and it, 
same as you had in in the the scouts in a way. Yeah, yeah, same thing. Arts and crafts yeah. hobbies. There was camping, canoeing, Christian education, communications, expedition, and this was communications before um, mobile phones, by the way. So it was like <laughs> real proper communication talking to people. Um, expedition badges, first aid badges, naturalists, physical activities, safety. All sorts, sailing, presidents and queens badges were the ultimate to, to work towards. Um, so, you know, I in in the boys' brigade, I, I managed to get a number of those badges, and in fact, the first aid badge at North Seaton Colliery. My dad was in the St John's Ambulance Brigade, your granddad, and he used to come along uh, with one of his friends, and they used to take us for the first aid badges for um, for our awards. <laughs> And certificate for first aid is, is signed by my dad as well, as well as Mr. Dunn, you know, so, <laughs> you know, but, um, yeah. So uh, to be honest, there were, there were lots of activities that you could do. And then Friday nights tend to be the more the games nights where, you know, in the summer would be outside in the fields at North Seaton or would be in the hall on a winter's night. And the hall was big enough to, to play all sorts of different games in there and, uh, uh, and that that was really good because it was kind of more sporty type night, you know. Yeah. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But uh, the thing is, you know, there'd be loads of lads, you know, who people who go on to the North Seaton remembered or or even like you know I shouldn't remember. There'd be lots of people on there, like lads and lasses, really, who will have had an association. I would have thought with the boys' brigade or girls' brigade over the years. Um, so it would be really interesting when this goes out to see what response you get because there were lots and lots of people who uh, were part of that to be honest uh, there, there were i had quite i did put a post out asking people um what their initial memories were um and a lot of people commented on um the camps that used to go on yeah oh yeah oh yeah and uh, we can talk a little bit about that i mean when i when i think back i was involved really from about eight year old to 17 close to 18 when i was then starting to um do me a levels when i was doing me last year at high school i i stopped going to the boys brigade because i was trying to concentrate on on my studies for a levels mm. but to be honest it was you know a fantastic youth organization i thought anyway and when when you, you can look back and i realized this a long time ago of course it, it did have a big influence on on the you know, part a big part of my life, you know. So, um, but so, what was some of the standout memories? Then share some of those standout memories. Well, okay, there's a few. Um, as you know, I've always loved uh, hiking and camping. That's you know, and 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 my love of the outdoors is is still there now. So one of the regular things we did, and you know, Jim in particular, Jim Dunn in particular, used to take us away to um, Whitcamp. So every Whit weekend, we used to go to uh, Rothbury. And uh, I think it was David Glass's dad had a, a small cottage or bothy just outside Rothbury up onto the wards and moors. You know where we go in the carriage walk up there? Oh, yes. Yeah, yeah. There, they had, there was a quarry in this. They had property up there. So every weekend they would allow us to come and um, pitch some tents up there and we used to climb up the rock faces of the quarry. We used to go on hikes to Thropton, up to Simonside on the other side of the valley, swimming in the river and all, all that. So that was every weekend. And we used to finish off by going to the, the Rothbury Carnival on, on Whit Monday and then finish the camp and come home. But, you know, again, 
we used to do uh, weekend hikes. So sometimes we'd just um, do a hike around the Rothbury Moors or we'd go into the North York Moors. So we, for instance, did the Cleveland hike. Um, All right, yeah, yeah. Competition weekend. So there was like a three-man team. And you'd start off, and what they'd do is that you'd go into North York Moors um, and Helmsley places like that would be the start. And you'd get your first grade reference and they'd set the teams off at sort of 10, 10 minute intervals and you'd get a first grade reference. So you had to find where the, where the grade reference was on the map, hike to it, and you were given a certain time to get there. So if you had a, an hour to get there, if you're early, you got bonus points. If you're late, you lost points. Um, and every time you got to one of these trig points, if you like, there was somebody there and they would have activities. So sometimes it was mental activities. Sometimes it was agility activities. Oh, okay. So they, and, and usually that was a, a, a two-day competition. And overnight, you'd be marked on pitching your tent as a team, cooking your meal and, and planning your meal and all. So there was lots involved in that. So I did that twice in 1972, 73. Um, we also did the Lake Wake Walk again. It's in Yorkshire. You you start at Osmotherley in in the countryside in Yorkshire, and you finish at Ravenscar on the coast, which is a forty mile walk, oh, and wow. you've got to do that in twenty four hours. And again, it requires people supporting you in in cars or vans to, you know, help you with like refreshments and such like or anybody who might need a bit of first aid blisters on their feet and whatever but again <laughs> we did that a couple of times and that was fantastic i mean both times we started it it was usually in the summer or or in the like may may june time right and we'd uh, start on a saturday morning and something like three o'clock in the morning when it was still dusk and we'd step up oh. and in uh, from uh, osmotherly and and go to Ravenscar and uh, we did really really well but the whole idea is you're working as a group and you you always go mm. you've heard me say this before you try and go at the pace of the slowest person because if there's a group of 10 or 15 yeah, you don't yeah. want people hair in the head and those lagging back because it's frustrating for those people yeah yeah but each time when we got within say a, a mile of the finish you know Jim would say right for those that are feeling a bit stronger if you want to just push ahead now in the last mile you know you know, we'll know the route and we we'll know where we're going. Um, but largely, we try to finish as a group. So I think the quickest time we did was just under seventeen hours for that. So wow, it, that was that was great fun. And of course, one of the highlights of the the um, Boys Brigade annual year was annual camp. And uh, we used to go to Hoyke up in the borders of Scotland, a place called New Mill, just outside Hoyke on the outside outskirts of Hoyke. And a oh, farmer okay. up there. This is what people have mentioned. Yeah, yeah, and a farmer up there, Mr. Donard, made this link years and years, you know, before. And um, he used to allow us to pitch tents in in, in the field. And uh, and all the time that I went there, we, I can always remember, we always had one field that was the favourite and one that was a reserve if the farmer had issues with like the other field that we normally like to use. Because the one we like to use had... Um, a river running down one side of it and a small, well, more more than a small stream, but another stream coming down the other side. It was almost like a triangular field. And so where those two rivers joined was a nice deep pool and you could swim in there. We used to canoe in there. Um, 
but it would be you know in bell tents, so you'd be eight, nine, sometimes ten, ten lads to a tent, uh, and with the big marquee up, a bit like you did when you had, went with the scouts, you had a big marquee. Oh yeah, when we used to go to Tritlet and camp with the yeah. scouts. Yeah. So so they were the highlights, you know, go for a whole week uh, up there. Um, I think that's the one. Um, if I remember, yeah, on Facebook, uh, Gary Mordy said I had to ask about. That oh one. yeah. I mean, these were they, they were just fantastic. And when you were old enough, uh, everybody aspired to be on what they called the advance party. So the advance party mm-hmm. were the older boys brigade lads who um, were a little bit bigger and a little bit stronger as well. And you went up on a Friday. So the company were hired the bell tents from were based in Shields, and they would have a wagon or a covered van, a big van like like um removals van or an open lorry at first and all mm. the the bell tents and the marquees would be transported up to scotland up to hoik and if you were on the advance party yeah that he took a few few people either sitting yeah <laughs> you wouldn't do this now sitting uh, on the back of the wagon or in the back of the removals van all the way up to hoik so you you kind of thought you know God. this was great fun but you got there the day before and the whole purpose was you put all the bell tents up you put all the marquee up. Uh, you put the small sort of marquee tent up as well, where did all the where all the cooking was done, and you know that was that was really good. So I've got fa- fantastic memories of spending a full week up in Hike, despite the midges, because it's there's always midges up there because it was next to streams and water and forests and hills. So you had tons of midges, but you used to that, you know. Um, but that they were fantastic. And again, during the week, we'd do all sorts of activities you know there was hikes and on different days we'd play football volleyball sports as i say swimming canoeing all working towards your badges as well but it just was was great fun in fact i can tell you exactly where i was when um so this weekend Sunderland are playing at wembley not in the fa cup final but they're at wembley in a final but when, when Sunderland <laughs> won the fa cup on the 30th of July, 1966, I can tell you exactly where I was. I was sitting in a bell tent at the Boys Brigade camp in Hoyk, and we were sitting around a tiny transistor radio, listening to the match on the radio. For the... <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, that's wrong. It wasn't Sunderland. <laughs> Sorry, I strike that one. Can I just go back? And That was the World Cup <laughs> final. Sorry, that was the World Cup final in 1966. I've got another, the one about Sunderland, I'll tell you a slightly different date on. But anyway, so, you know, annual camp was great fun, really good fun. Um, but again, you know, we also moved, when, when they were closing down the North Seton Colliery and moving people street to spy streets, we moved from North Seton up to Second Avenue in, in Ashington. And so when I was about 13, uh, we'd moved up to Second Avenue in Ashton to join with the first Ashton Boys Brigade Company, who at the time were, was uh, struggling a little bit. The guy who was running them then was a guy called Walter Purdy, lovely man. And uh, Mr. Dern and, and Jim Dern and Rona linked up with Walter Purdy, and, and we kind of merged the two groups together to much have a much stronger first Ashton Boys Brigade Company. Um, but again, you know, there's a bunch of people, you know, people like your, your Uncle Harry, Brother Harry. Richard and John Alexander, Barry Malcolm Edgar, Robert Jameson was in it, Gary Morty was in it, whole bunch of lads. Alan Bell, who I used to play football with, was old, you know, in the Boys Brigade before me, and Alan was in the Boys yeah. Brigade 
camps and stuff like that. And I got when I went to Second Avenue, I got people like Stephen Hudson and Gary Oliver, guys that I went to school with. Oh, yeah, yeah. And in fact, my current MP, uh, Mr. Ian Lavery, was also a Boys Brigade lad up there. Uh, he was in when, when John and, and Richard were in. So, oh, okay, yeah. Uh, but I remember at like, Second Avenue, we used to play uh, on the games night, we used to play uh, volleyball and we used to play um, handball. Handball's a great game. It can be quite tough as well because you've got to be down on the bottom and you're moving your hat, you know, with the ball and so it's stooping down a lot, but fast. Great game to play, but uh, mm. I also used to do PE, so we had like a proper vaulting horse and springboard. Uh, in fact, oh, that's wow. where I that's where I learned how to vault and somersault over a, a, a horse, like the gym horse. Um, not at school, I learned that at the boys' brigade. So, yeah, but um, yeah, so activities like that, and we also used to play. Um, football against other boys' brigades. So there was also a strong boys' brigade at Morbeth. And in fact, Jim and Rona, when they moved to Morbeth and, and Morbeth Boys' Brigade needed some help to, to get them, keep them running, they then took over Morbeth Boys' Brigade to help that keep running. So, you know, they've been very, very heavily involved for a long time. Uh, but we used to play football against the likes of Morbeth and Berwick and things like that. In fact, I'll tell you a little story. I always remember... We, when we was in Ashton Boys Brigade, we were playing Morbeth and um, at, at the park just opposite the grammar school here. And we were winning, Ashton were winning quite quite easily. So Jim, who was refereeing, said, um, I'll tell you what, I'll go on Morbeth's side just to try and even it up a little bit to help them out. Uh, and, and I remember <laughs> Jim from playing for North Seaton Colliery uh, years before, and he was a very, very... Um, sturdy bloke, should I say, <laughs> big strong legs and whatever. He was very uh, ferocious tackler, and I remember going in. There was a fifty-fifty ball, and Jim was running towards it, and so was I from the other direction. And just before I got to the ball, I, I kind of half shied out the tackle, and so Jim came away <laughs> with the ball and got off the pitch. And my dad, who was watching, pulled us to one side, and he said, "Let me give you some advice." Don't ever pull out of a tackle, he says. That's how you'll get hurt. He says, I know Jim was probably going to take the ball and you at the same time. <laughs> but he says, never pull out of a, um, a tackle. So I kind of got it in the ear from my dad. But, uh... <laughs> but we also also used to have annual uh, sports days competing against other boys' brigades in the area, in the, in the battalion, as it was called. So I've, I've still mm. got certificates. I mean, I had these in your, your, your grandma's box and that from her house. I've got certificates from 1970, 71, 72 for things like high jump, shot put. Four, we used to do 440 yards then, no, no metric in those days, you know. Uh, <laughs> sprints and all sorts. Um, but, yeah, so a lot of those were, um, were really good. I think one of the other standout memories for me, um, I was very, very fortunate that... Jim Dunn put us forward to the uh, the north of England, the northeast district. The Sale Training Association uh, had offered two places for Boys Brigade lads to spend two weeks on a three-mastered schooner. And I was put forward by Jim, and, and I was luckily, lucky enough to be chosen to spend two weeks, and it turned out to be two weeks on the Malcolm Miller, you, you know, you, 
you've seen some of my photos on the Malcolm Miller. And um, that was an experience of a lifetime, if I'm really honest. Um, something I'd always be grateful for being able to do. Um, so there was me and a guy called Bill Tarbot from Sunderland. Um, so oh, okay. we were both invited to go along and represent the Northeast District for the Boys Brigade on this three-mast schooner. And that was that was in 1973. So this is where the Sunderland story comes in. <laughs> so I can tell you exactly where I was when Sunderland won the FA Cup in 1973. I was actually in the island <laughs> of Alderney on this three-masted schooner. So um, I've actually still uh-huh. got the letter that I got inviting me from the Boys Brigade to take part in the sail training association. And I've got a little card that was written for me because we did an interview for the journal and we had to meet at, um, at Thompson house in, in Newcastle for the journal and, and the card I've still got now. And it, it made me chuckle then. And it made me chuckle even more the other night when I pulled it out. And uh, I think it was Rona who had written this out, Rona Dunn had written this out and she said, make sure you turn up in full uniform or in bold capitals and underlined <laughs> and, and a clean face, <laughs> bold capitals and underlined. <laughs> Clean yeah. face. So I had a good chuckle about that, I have to be honest. But yeah, we interviewed and I've yeah, grandma kept the photograph from, from the journal. Um so I've still got that as well. But that was an experience of a lifetime because it you know, I joined I joined that, that ship on the twenty ninth of April, had to go down to Portsmouth and it was anchored right. believe it or not, uh, you wouldn't get this now, but it was anchored in the submarine base. And to get there, we were picked up at the harbour by a small, small little motorboat, taken to the submarine base, and we had to walk over three submarines, as I remember, to get Malcolm Miller was actually um, moored next to the third submarine. So we walked over the decks of three submarines to get to this. Um, But that was, you know, absolutely fantastic. So I I, I thoroughly enjoyed that. I mean, places we visited were... um, the, the, we, we, we toured around the Isle of Wight on the boat just to get used to it. But again, three-masted schooner, you had to go up onto the yard arm, up on the rigging. You operated it in three three crews, three shifts, basically. Um, so there were 39 lads and seven full-time members of the crew. And the 39 lads were split into three, three shifts of 13. So basically, you had to... Um, take your turns and so you are up sometimes through the night uh you're through the day sometimes etc um really good but um i thoroughly enjoyed that you know we went to um boulogne in france alderney in the channel islands um back to cross the falmouth and around land's end oh. past silly islands and lundy island i mean it's basically it's pretty much three mastered yeah. schooner well yeah it's really good um Thoroughly enjoyed it, um, and that's an experience of a lifetime. So for me, I, you know, oh, that uh, the people who put me forward for that, the likes of Jim and the Boys Brigade, Mister Dunn, and the Boys Brigade. If I wasn't in the Boys Brigade, I wouldn't have got that chance. That's for sure. And I, and yeah. I, I've, you know, you remember you've been on the Malcolm Miller when it came to Newcastle for the tall ships race and stuff like that. So yeah. Oh yeah, they're enormous yeah. boats. I mean, just one of that little story we used to do. Um, we used to do orienteering because we're well used to map reading when we're out hiking and whatever. And we used to do orienteering competitions. And um, mm-hmm. we were, well, 
the Newcastle and Gateshead district were having an annual orienteering competition up in Thrunton Woods. And normally we wouldn't have been invited, but because um, at the time Mr. Dern was heavily involved in the organisation of the, the, the district, he was invited to put a team in to the orienteering competition, which was for Newcastle and Gateshead district, not for us in Northumberland. Myself oh, and my right. friend Stephen Hudson were the two-man team. So I remember Johnny Dunn taking me up to, me and Stephen, up to Thrunton Woods to meet up with all the other teams that were taking part. And again, when orienteering, they set you off at different times. They give you different trig references you've got to get to. And each time you get there, there's something there that tells you you've actually been to that point. It might be a letter, it might be a little phrase or whatever. So you, you only know that once you get there and open up. Oh yeah, yeah. Well, of course, this is in a in a forest with, so you've got to be able to map read really well and use a compass really well. And um, didn't Stephen and I come in first and win it? So um, we we were really really <laughs> pleased, and and so was Mister Dunn that the journey you know we'd had a good time. The journey was worthwhile. Needless to say, we didn't get invited back the next year to defend the title. <laughs> <laughs> but uh no nah, it was good fun I, mean, I, I learned an awful lot from the boys brigade um and and you know i think for me it's had a very positive influence on on my life and, and helped shape who i am and you know what i've become and, and i think very importantly how you interact and and treat people you know a friend a friend mm-hmm. of ours tim who lives in colorado recently commented in, in an email to us he says, you've mentioned the Boys Brigade many times, George, over the years, and it's obvious that it's had a major positive influence over you. So even he recognised that just by the way, you know, him and I have had conversations about the things we've done and, like, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So, but, uh, oh, good. Oh, well, I, thank I, you very much then. But I couldn't, I couldn't not end it by saying, you know, as I reflect back... Um, you know, you, you have big influences in your life, don't you? You know, your family, your parents, teacher. You've heard, you know, I mentioned yep. Sid Nixon on a previous podcast, teachers at the high school, and friends who help, you know, shape you, if you like. But I have the utmost respect and, and admiration for the leaders of the, the Boys Brigade, the BB that I was part of, you know, especially Johnny Doon and his wife, Ina, uh, Jim and his wife, Rona, and and to be honest, that was still you know, my mom and I are still very friend friendly with Jim and Rona. So they gave up so much of that time and, and devoted so much of that time and energy to help and support and guide and, and help develop, you know, characters of, of young lads and lasses in the girls' brigade as well, I guess. So I sw- sometimes I think it takes a little bit of age for you to appreciate what these things do for you and the help and the kindness that people gave you over the years. So for me I'd I would be forever grateful to those people because uh, they put a lot of effort into helping us get some fantastic um, experiences in life, you know. So for me, the Boys Brigade was a great organisation to be part of. So hopefully some of those little things, some of your listeners might uh, think themselves, you know, and say, oh, I, oh, so. you know, I remember that, or we did this, you know. So hopefully that brings back some recollections for members. Oh, I'm sure it will, Dad. I'm sure it will. Thank you very, very much for sharing that. You're welcome.
I want to say uh, another thank you to my dad for doing that episode. It's lovely. I've heard so many of those stories many, many times, but it's lovely to get them captured on the podcast. And I can guarantee that they will have started conversations in your own homes this evening. After you've listened to that episode, you're going to turn to somebody in your house and you're going to tell them a story of your own from your time in the boys' or the girls' brigade. And if there's no one beside you right now, the next time you speak to somebody, I bet you're going to mention the boys' brigade or the girls' brigade because it's hopefully put a smile on your face and taken you back to some lovely memories. On that note of listeners, I want to thank you all because... You know, I I make the show for you and it's wonderful to see the numbers climbing every week. We're over 400 people listening to the show now, over 400 uh, players of the podcast and people listening, which is just wonderful. Please do keep sharing the show. Uh, Keep interacting with us when we post on the Ashton Remembered and North Seton pages. It's lovely to try and include even just your names and your comments in the show and just feel part of that bigger community. You can share the podcast, you can tell people about it dead easy. Um, When you're listening to this episode, send the link from it to your friends, your family, text message it to them, WhatsApp it to them, email it to people, anyone you think would be interested in listening, please share it with them. You can ask people to just search for us on a podcast app, we're on pretty much every platform, they just search for Voices from the Northeast. And... You can find us on the internet totally for free, totally advert-free. We're just sharing stories at www.anchor.fm forward slash Voices from the Northeast. Stay safe, everybody, and I will speak to you again very, very soon.